Welcome to the podcast for Real Church Coweta. We meet every Sunday at 10 a.m. at the Worship Center on the campus of Central Christian School in Sharpsburg. You can also check us out online at realchurchcoweta.com or jump on Facebook at Real Church Coweta. We hope you enjoy this week's message. Well, if you're wondering, yes, I do have a Bucky's hoodie on. And here's the reason why. I got two things going on today in my fashion styling. The first one is, is um, I have a Bucky's hoodie on and I have flip-flops on. And there's an easy explanation for that. I know it's 38 degrees outside. I don't care. Because I had a bad week last week and I like Bucky's and I like flip-flops. And, that, and that's all I'm going to say about that. Someone today, I would call it heresy, said that Bucky's was overrated. And I said, no, my friend, you are overrated. Okay. Anyway, I'm just kidding, Cassie. You don't have to. Anyway, so you don't have to. I know, I know. And we hired her as a student director. It was really bad. So anyway, so um, anyway, listen, so, so glad you guys are here. We've been going through a series in Romans, and listen, today it's going to be a little bit different. Uh, I want to ask you some questions today, and these are not questions that I necessarily want a response to at all. I just want you to think. These are thinking questions. And so today we're going to look at the first part of Romans chapter 8, and so today is going to be a thoughtful day. I just want you to answer some of these questions in your mind and in your heart. And the first question I would ask you is this, and I want you to think about this. Are you flourishing or are you languishing? That's the question. Are you flourishing or are you languishing? Are you flourishing or languishing in your personal life? Are you flourishing or languishing in your spiritual life? In your emotional life, are you flourishing or are you anguishing? Let's define those things Flourishing is defined as this. It's being full of joy, peace, and curiosity. And possessing an openness to learning and a desire to lean in to change and challenges. I want to read that again. It's being full of joy, peace, and curiosity. And possessing an openness to learning and a desire to lean into both changes and challenges. Are you flourishing? Languishing is quite the opposite. Languishing would mean lacking the mental and emotional vitality and being uneasy, full of discontent, and a whole lot of self-focus. That would be languishing. And so the question I have for you today And the question I hope that you can answer today before you leave here is, are you flourishing or are you languishing? The text today is Romans chapter 8. So if you want to go ahead and turn there, we will have it on the back screen. Romans chapter 8. And we read a portion of this last week and it says this. It says, so now, so now. Now you don't want to miss that because uh, verse 25 and and verse 1 of chapter 8 are connected. Uh, See how it is in my mind. I want to really obey God's law, but because my sinful nature, I'm a slave to sin. So now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. And because you belong to him, the power of the life giving spirit has freed you 
from the power of sin that leads to death. Notice it does not say that the power of you doing everything right has freed you. The power of you keeping a set of rules and regulations has freed you. The power of you checking off a checklist that you do all these spiritual things has freed you. None of that. It's the power of the life-giving spirit that has freed you. So then it says this. It says, the law of Moses was unable to save us because of the weakness of our sinful nature. So God did what the law could not do. He sent his own son in a body like the bodies we sinners have. And in a bo- and that body declared an end to sin's control over us by giving us his son as a sacrifice for our sins. He did this so that the just requirement of the law would be fully satisfied for us, which no longer which no longer follow our sinful nature, but instead follow the Spirit. He's making the assumption here that if you're a follower of Jesus, that you follow your spirit, not the sinful nature. And then it says, those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about the things that please the Spirit. So, letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. But letting the spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. For the sinful nature is always hostile to God. It never did obey God's law and it never will. That's why those who are still under the control of their sinful nature can never please God. I want to say that again. Those who are still under the control of the sinful nature can never please God. But you are not controlled by your sinful nature. You are controlled by the Spirit if you have the Spirit of God living in you. And remember that those who do not have the Spirit of Christ living in them do not belong to Him at all. And Christ lives within you. So even though your body will die because of sin, and we talked about that last week, the Spirit gives you life because you've, made, you've been made right with God. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by the same spirit living within you. Therefore, so because of all that stuff he just said, dear brothers and sisters, you have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. For if you live by by its dictates, you will die. But if through the power of the spirit you put to death the deeds of your sinful nature, you will live. You will live. I told you I was going to ask you some questions. One of the things I want you to know is, is that he's not talking about an incident here. He's not talking about a a one incident situation. What do I mean by that? And that should encourage you and me. Whenever he says, whenever he says those that live by the sinful nature, those that follow the sinful nature, what he's talking about there is an entire lifestyle. He's talking about a lifestyle of following the sinful nature, a lifestyle. So it doesn't mean that if you screw up, Okay, if you screw up and you sin and you give in to that sinful nature and there's a deep regret inside of you and you repent, that doesn't mean you're controlled by or following the sinful nature. It actually means the opposite because you've listened to the spirit within you and you've changed that you've directed your behavior and you've realigned your behavior to what the scripture says. Are you with me? A lot of people get confused because they think you can be perfect and you can't be perfect. A lot of people think they get confused because they think if they sin or they do this or they have a sin that they struggle with. And I talked about that a couple of weeks ago. But if they struggle with a sin, then, then they're letting their sinful nature control them. 
Well, I don't know about all that because if you're struggling with it, it means you're in a fight, you're in a battle, and you're still battling, and you're letting God do your battle for you. And I promise you, if you keep battling, God will eventually win out. Just how it is. It's just how it is. Because greater is He that is in us than He is in the world. Are you with me? So, I want to ask you a question, though, and it, we're going to go right down the list here. Uh, and there's three, three more questions I have to ask you today, and it's going to be the, the total of my sermon. And it's this. Where have you set your mind? That's my question. Where have you set your mind? Where have you set your mind? Romans 8.5 says this. Romans 8.5 says, those who are dominated by the sinful nature think, think about sinful things. But those that are controlled by Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. Colossians 1, I'm sorry, Colossians 3, verse 1 through 3 says this, since you have been raised to new life with Christ... Set your sights on the realities of heaven where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. For you died to this life and your what real life is hidden with Christ in God. One of my favorite verses in all the scriptures, Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2 says this. It says, And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God, because all He has done for you. Let them be a, holy, a living and holy sacrifice, the, the kind He will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship Him. And then it says, Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but... Let God transform you, tra transform you into a new person by changing the way you what? Think. Changing the way you think. Guys, listen, I know I'm not going to tell you guys something that's crazy here in your life, but I want to ask you a question. Do you realize that whatever you set your mind on is what controls you? Whatever you set your mind on is what controls you. Where have you set your mind? Your change begins in what you think. It does. It does. Let me tell you how I know that. And it's crazy because it's crazy because God's word already tells us that. Thousands of years old, God's word tells you that. And people who are in psychology are just now finding all this stuff out, you know, in the last 100 years. But here's how our bodies operate. This is how our bodies operate. Every action that you do always begins with a thought. I want you to think about that for a second. Every action that you do begins with a thought. Let me give you a great example. I'm sitting on the couch Friday night. It's about 6.30. And there's a rumble in my tummy. I don't know if this is legally a tummy or a gut, but whatever it is, there was a rumble. 
And, and Wendy and I both had a bad week, and we really hadn't had a chance to talk or anything. And so one of the things we like to do is we like to, like to drive and talk. I don't know if anybody else does that, but we do that. So I looked over at her, and, I, and she said, hey, what do you want for dinner? And I looked at her, and I said, what about Bucky's? And a light shine in from outside on her face. And it went, ah. And she was like, yes, I want Bucky's. She didn't say that. I said that. It was a thought. I was like, hmm, what about Bucky's? Immediately from the thought I had, within me, there was an emotion. Can anyone guess what the emotion was? Joy, happiness, all of them, right? Because I had the thought of Bucky's, because I had the thought of Bucky's, and I, and I, you know, the people that don't know what Bucky's is, uh, does everyone know what Bucky's is? Okay, if you don't know what Bucky's is, it's only the best gas station ever. Okay, let me just pause. I wish I'd have had a picture of Bucky's. Bucky's, here's what Bucky's is Bucky's is a gas station, a, a, Sandwich shop. It is a uh, it is a sweets location where you can get homemade stuff all over the place. It is a Dunkin' Donuts. It is it is it is a Home Depot. Okay, it is a Academy Sports, and it is Hobby Lobby, all in one. And I wish I was joking, but I'm not. Okay, they've got four thousand gas tanks. They do pumps. They do. Anyway, and that's for you guys at home, too, that are watching. That's what a Bucky's is. So, but in all, on all seriousness, we just wanted to drive down and chat and stuff. So, so I had the thought of joy, and then the action that came about, you know what that action was? Get in the car and drive to Bucky's. So I get to Bucky's, and I look over, and I know they were heat lamps. But really, they were angelic beings beaming down on these massive sandwiches that they have. I'm not a big, I know I'm going to get in trouble for this. I'm not a big pork barbecue fan. I'm not. I'll eat it, whatever. But I'm a huge brisket fan. Okay? I married a girl from Texas. What do you expect? Um, but I'm a huge brisket fan. And so they have these brisket sandwiches. And so I saw that. My thought was, I have to have one. My emotions was joy, overwhelming. My action was, was to pay probably too much for a sandwich. Are you with me? Listen, I want to tell you something in all seriousness. That's how your mind works with every situation you're in. That's why the scripture says the battle between the flesh and the spirit starts in your mind. It starts in your mind. You have a thought. It is a small thought. And it usually starts out very small. You have this thought. You then go to an emotion about that thought. Sometimes it's positive. Sometimes it's negative. From that emotion, you then go into an action. Sometimes your action is saying something. Sometimes your action is doing something. But the process is the same. And the scriptures knew this long before any psychologist knew this. 
The battle is in the mind. And so the question I have for you is, is where have you set your mind? It may be confusing you to say, well, wait a minute, I don't understand why he says set your mind on things of heaven. Well, here's why he says that. The reason he says that is, is because the minute you give your life over to Christ, it's, it's all about citizenship. It's all about citizenship. The minute you give your, I have, I'm an American citizen. I have rights as an American citizen that those that are not American citizens don't have. And it's because of my citizenship. The same is true for our spiritual lives. Whenever he says set your mind on things above, set your mind on, on God, set your mind on Christ who's at the right hand of the Father. Whenever he says those things, the reason he's saying those things is, is because whenever you give your life over to Christ, not only do you die, but you immediately at that moment in time from right there, you become a citizen of heaven. I want you to get that. You become a citizen of heaven at that moment. That's where your citizenship lies. So when he says think on those things, that's what he's telling you. You are a citizen of heaven. Act like a citizen of heaven. Where have you set your mind? Philippians 4.8 says this, and everybody knows this verse. This is a very common verse. Philippians 4.8 says, and now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think, think, think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Think about things that are, that are admirable and worthy of, of things. That's what God wants us to do. That's the first question for you. Where have you set your mind? Where have you set your mind? The next question I have for you is this one. What is controlling you? What's controlling you? Romans 8, 5 through 9 says this. It says, Romans 8, 5 through 9 says, Those that are dominated or controlled by the sinful nature think about sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. So letting, by the way, I'm going to tell you something. Do you know that you can't think about things of the Spirit and be fleshly? Do you know you can't do that? You know it's impossible? It's impossible for you to think about things of the Spirit and then go on sinning. It's impossible for you to do it. That very moment, if you place your mind on those things, God opens up some doors and he begins to teach you. That's what happens. So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to what? It leads to death. What kind of death? Well, we are going to die in the flesh eventually, but what kind of death they're talking about is spiritual death. It's spiritual death. But letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace and peace. For the sinful nature is always hostile to God. It never did obey God's law and it never will. And then verse 8 says, that's why those who are still under control of the sinful nature can never please God. That's the question. Where, where have you set your mind? Galatians 5, 19-21 says this. And I'm sorry I'm Bible drilling today, but this is an interesting topic and it's got a lot of, there's a lot of meat here. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. And here they are. And I think we have a list up here. Can we bring that list up here? Do we have the list? Is that a no? Here they are. This is the list. So here's the list. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures 
idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outburst of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, drunkenness, and wild parties. Let's leave that list up there. Does that list look familiar to anybody? Does anyone know where that list came from? It came from Galatians, but what does that list look like to you? Can I tell you what that list looks like to me? Social media on any Monday. That's what it is. Social media on any Monday. Social media post on any Monday. Immorality, impurity, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, on and on and on and on and on. That's what it is. And we've become so used to, listen, we've become so used to seeing that, that we no longer think about what it is that's going into our mind. Now listen, don't be confused. I'm not one of these people that think you don't need to have a TV. All right? I'm not one of those people. But I am one of these people that think that you need to really watch what it is that you're putting into your mind. Because what you put into your mind is what you think on. It is. It is. And that is exactly, that's exactly what I see in those verses in Galatians. Sexual immorality, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, drunkenness, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, all of these things. And so what he's saying is, in the verse, he's saying, these are the outcomes. This is what happens. This is what happens when you set your mind on things that are of the flesh. This is the, these are the results of the flesh winning out in your life. And listen, I'm going to tell you this. I know so many people that would tell you that this is 100% true. 100% true. It is. There is a, a prison full of people that would tell you that this is 100% true. Especially saved people. They are. But there's a different side as well. What about spirit control? Can you bring that list up? We know this list. We all know this list, right? The spirit controlled. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. We know that list. Let me tell you what's amazing. And I've heard people say this before. I want you to understand something. When you become a follower of Jesus Christ, when you turn your life over and you allow yourself to be controlled by the Spirit. And I don't know if this has happened to everybody, but I've heard people say this. It's amazing. When you allow yourself to be controlled by the Spirit, you lose the benefits of your sin. What do I mean by that? Your sin at the point where you are now Spirit-led are no longer fun. They're no longer something that you desire to do. You try to do it again. Maybe you try to go out with those friends. Maybe you try to continue to act the way you act. Maybe you try to continue to do the things you do. But over and over and over again, I've had people tell me, you know, I just couldn't click with those same people that I used to click with. I couldn't be some of those same people that I used to be with. I couldn't do it. I couldn't. Well, tell me about that. Well, you know, I went out and I was with this group of people. And suddenly what I had never noticed before was now offensive to me. Has anyone ever been in a place where they were with people that they loved, but when they came home they felt like they needed to take a shower and get the sin off of them? I mean, am I the only one? 
I mean, literally. That's how it is. Wendy and I went to uh, New Orleans one time. If you've ever been to New Orleans, they call it the city of sin. And they are dead on. I'm not kidding you guys. You know, we like going to the French Quarter and all those places and stuff. And I was like, you know, I've never been to, um, I get them confused between Memphis. It's, I've never been to, is it Bourbon Street or is it Bourbon Street? I don't know. What's in Memphis? Beale Street is in Memphis, okay. Um, Bourbon Street. I've never been to Bourbon Street. And so I said, Wendy, let's go to Bourbon Street. And she was like, I don't think you're going to like Bourbon Street. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know. I mean, do they have good food? And she said, well, maybe. I don't think you're going to like Bourbon Street. So we were, we were right there off of Conti and Bourbon Street. We were right there. The hotel was right there. And so we just walked out. And I walked out. And I walked about, what, 30 or 40 yards maybe. And I was like, Ugh! And I came back. I was like, I'm done with that. And that's how I felt. I mean that too. Can I tell you something that happened to me this summer? I have always wanted to go to Las Vegas. I could not wait to go to Las Vegas. And guys, we went on this trip, and it was the craziest thing because Wendy and I had the best trip the first week, week and a half, we had the best trip. And we got into Las Vegas, and I, this is the truth. The moment we crossed over into the city limits of Las Vegas, we started, well, Wendy and I, because we're a pastoral couple, we don't argue, we have discussions. <laughs> we was arguing, y'all. We was straight arguing. We, we, we started arguing, and then Blake showed up, and everybody knows how that kind of fits into the mix. And so, and for two days, the truth is, is we were trying to make this as fun as possible. We were going to... We, we went to a, to a show, and we, we tried to walk and see the fountains and all that stuff. And I kid you not, it felt like I was running into daybreak when we were driving out of Las Vegas. <laughs> I felt like I had just left the bubble of sin. And I never want to go back to Las Vegas. I don't. Now, some people like it. That's totally great. And I'm not judging you if you like it. For me... I don't know why, maybe there's a background issue with me or something, but I just felt gross in Las Vegas. And we, got, we, had been, we had been seeing all of God's nature, and we had been to the Grand Canyon and all this beauty around us and stuff, and we'd be seeing all this stuff. And then all of a sudden it was like someone said, hey, let's put a big old hunk of poo right in the middle of all this beauty, and there's Vegas. And I just could not stand it. And we left, and I told her, I never want to go back. And I'm, I'm not kidding you, listen, I wanted to see where Evil Knievel jumped, man. For those who don't know who Evil Knievel is, your parents will tell you. I wanted to see where, where he jumped, you know what I'm saying? I wanted to see these things. I wanted to see, no way. I wanted to see, listen, it was so bad that the place they do the Pawn Stars things, the Pawn Stars, the, the Pawn Shop, I just drove by it. I was like, no, I'm good. There it is. I saw it. I'm good. So, y'all, that is a fake baby. <laughs> That is Big Keisha, the fake baby. That's the name. I kid you not, that's a fake baby. And our, our and Cassie, God bless Cassie, is watching the fake baby for Mallory in the back who's running sound right now. Because Mallory has a class. And that's a fake baby. 
That's a fake baby at real church. Isn't that bad? So, that is so funny. Yeah, that's really funny. So, I guess I'll try to make this last point, but that kind of killed it, didn't it? Oh, geez. How's she doing? All right, for those at home, the baby's fine. She's getting fed. That's not a bottle. It's fake bottle. And she's fine. All right? For those who are worried. All right? So. <laughs> all right. That's so funny. So here's the question. I know I'm not going to be able to do this, y'all. This is really bad. So, all right. Yes. Can you take the baby out? I'm, I'm just not going to be able. I'm going to. I'm trying to get started, and she's back there doing this to a fake baby. And I'm like, I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. So, it's so funny. Oh, my gosh. Jeez Louise. They didn't teach you this in seminary. I can tell you that. They didn't do that. All right. I told Mallory, I said, don't bring the baby into the sanctuary because it's going ha- to make noise. And she said, no, no, it'll be fine. I said, okay. I knew it was going to make noise. That's so funny. I'm glad you brought the baby in. You're being a good, you have a great babysitter. All right. So, listen, whenever I was, uh, whenever I was little, there was this place. Um, it, 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 it's really, it's actually kind of famous, uh, if I'm being honest with you, because if you've ever, I know I make old references, but if you've ever seen the movie Coal Miner's Daughter, uh, the movie Coal Miner's Daughter was filmed right in this location because it's the actual place where Loretta Lynn actually lives. With, she lived with her husband. He passed away. But she lives right where, where I'm from. She lives in Waverly. It's called Hurricane Mills, actually. And um, they have a, they have a, 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 a river, a, a, a very swift. It's, it's a big creek, okay? Let's not call it a river. But it's a life swimming holes and those kind of things. And, um, and Loretta Lynn is right across, right up on the hill. You can actually see it from where this location is. And there was this, there was this um, rope that was tied off to a tree. Um, that's what we did for fun back in the day. I don't know if you guys did this, but we would swing off. When I say we, I didn't do it yet because I'm going to tell the story because I didn't want to do it. But what they would do is, is this water would be moving and they would swing off and they would jump in and they would land and they had so much fun and it looked like so much fun. But I had a little more gravitational pull than most people, and I wasn't sure if I was going to enjoy it, okay? And I was looking at the limb going, that sucker may break, and I don't want to hit my head, and I don't know what's under the water. I'm not one of those guys that like water, like some of you guys can jump in the lake and all that kind of stuff. I'm not that guy. I want a pool that's super clear that I can see the bottom, and I don't, I don't want any, I don't do the ocean. I walk in a little bit and just, and then I come back out because I don't want anything touching my feet. Okay, I don't want anything all nibbling on my feet. I want a clear pool. So, people were jumping off, and my friends were jumping off, and you know how it is. I was like seventh or eighth grade, and they were like, "Come on, man, you're a sissy, whatever." And I had missed out on the opportunity to do this, and I'd win. I wanted to go, you know, hang out and stuff, but I didn't want to jump off this thing. I didn't want to jump into this this flow of this. Of this uh, big big creek, and so finally, what I did is um, I decided I was going to do it. So I climbed up. There's always like these fake steps that they've made onto a log they've cut off. And I climbed up and I grabbed, and I jumped and I swung back and I jumped in and I went whoosh and I landed in the water. And guys, that was so much fun. I was like, wow, I've been missing it. I've been missing it. I've been on the sidelines. 
I'd been on the sidelines and I'd been missing the whole thing. So what I needed to do is I needed to jump in. I needed to jump in and in, because I can look and watch people do it or I can sit on the sidelines and, and watch that situation, but I needed to jump into the water. I needed the exhilaration of jumping into the water and experiencing the full experience. See, all I had was, hey, so-and-so went and they jumped off and so-and-so went and they jumped off. I needed to jump in the water. I needed, really, guys, I needed to make the leap. And my last question for you is, is have you made the leap? Have you made the leap? If you've accepted Christ, if you've accepted Christ, and you have given your heart fully over, you were given a gift. You were given a gift. And that gift was Holy Spirit in your life. And what a lot of us do, and I'm going to take my shoes off for this, what a lot of us do is we take our shoes off and we wade into the just, you put your shoes off and you wade just a little bit into the water and you stay there and you kick around. Oh, this is fun. And you kick around. But you never go all the way in. You just kind of stand there and you kind of do the best you can do. And you wade back and forth and you've got, you've got friends of yours that you know of that are living a different life because they're, they've literally jumped in and they've, listen, here it is, they've allowed Holy Spirit to take them wherever He wants them to go. And they've experienced that flow. And their lives show that. And it's a different experience for them. And they don't struggle the same way maybe you do. Because you're standing on the side and you never wanted to jump in. And what ends up happening is, is you live your whole life and you never experience the fullness of what God has for you because you're always afraid to take the leap. Listen, don't live your life afraid to take the leap. Don't live a life, don't come to the end of your life and say, I never took the leap. I was faced with this situation 16 and a half years ago. I was comfortable in West Tennessee. I had tons of friends in West Tennessee. I had a nice house in West Tennessee. I had a nice uh, car in West Tennessee. We had a great marriage in West Tennessee. We still do have a great marriage, by the way, in Georgia. There's been a few little times, but now listen, we went to Vegas this one time and it was real bad. But no, listen, we, have a, we, had, we had tons of friends. We had a great church. I had a great job. Wendy had a great job. She had great friends. On and on and on. We were closer to all of our family. Everything was much easier. But God came to us and said, will you take the leap? And we had the decision to make. And he had been calling me to take that leap for about 14 or 15 years, and I never did it. The same is true for Stephen Harrell and Heidi right here. They were in Mississippi. Everything was comfortable. Everything was great. Everything was easy. And they uprooted their whole family to move over here because God asked them to take the leap. So it may seem like that I'm just living life. And it may seem like that Stephen and Heidi are just living life. No, they're not doing that. They're in the flow of what the Spirit has led them to do. And we're in the flow of what the Spirit has led them to do. 
Can I tell you something? My life would be a lot easier if I wasn't a pastor. A lot easier. My life would be a lot easier if I wasn't associated with this school. Because for some reason, when you are a pastor and you're associated with a school, people are involved. It's a frustrating thing. It's a frustrating thing. It is. And I say that jokingly because God and I both know I love people. And he knows exactly what I need, more than I ever will think or say. But I decided long ago, God, I will do whatever you want me to do, and I will be whatever you want me to be, and I will jump in the flow of the river. I will take the leap. Guys, listen, I've never regretted taking the leap. I've had good days and bad days, but I've never regretted taking the leap because I've experienced things and I've seen things and I've seen, here it is, I've seen God like I had never seen him before. And for that, I'm thankful. Are you flourishing or are you languishing? Let's pray. God, thank you for today. Thank you for your word that is so rich and deep and powerful and life-changing. Lord, my prayer for the people here today is that they would no longer languish, but that they would flourish. My prayer is that they would jump out into the deep water. My prayer that they would not be on the sidelines, but that they would jump in. My prayer would be that they would not be controlled by the flesh, but be controlled by the Spirit. Lord, I just ask you to do what only you can do. And Lord, I just thank you so much for being a God that cares so much about us individually that you set forth a plan and a purpose for each one of us. Let our lives be aligned to that plan. And God, let us surrender and become that which you had in mind when you created us. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand up and sing a final worship song this morning. Thank you for listening to the podcast for Real Church Coweta. If you have any questions or would like to contact us, please visit our website at realchurchcoweta.com and click on the Contact Us tab. We invite you to join us every Sunday at 10 a.m. in the Worship Center on the campus of Central Christian School in Sharpsburg. Until then, God bless and remember to love God, love others, and live real.